Hey there, I'm Susan. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to the Eavesdrop on Us podcast, where we have real conversations about what it's like to be in business these days. Pull up a chair and welcome to the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Eavesdrop on Us podcast. I'm Jessica. And I'm Susan. And this week, we are just going to, I don't want to say freestyle it, but we're just going to bring a very open-ended question to the table and see where that takes us. So the question is, what is standing out to you or what are you sort of paying attention to business-wise? Because between the two of us, we are constantly talking with entrepreneurs, whether it's networking, whether it's our clients, whether it's on social media. So I think somewhere in all of that, there's something that has stood out to you, Susan, because I know there are a few things that are standing out to me. So I'll toss the question your way first. What is sort of grabbing your attention business-wise this week? There are multiple issues for small business. I think it's interesting that gas prices are going back up. And for small businesses, that does make a big impact because whether you talk about supply chain logistics, there will be an increase in price. Manufacturing, there will indeed be a price. So they've got you coming and going on that one. So even if it's, you know, by five cents, which most consumers are like, well, no big deal. I can suck it up. But for small businesses, it could be a do or die. And we're having a harder time with these, I guess, these fluctuations within fuel prices for small businesses. So I think there's an impact there. I think there's also really interesting topics to be had around people that are really, truly working the gig economy. They don't want to come back to traditional small business framework of employer-employee relationship. I think there's a been it. I think we're very much in the middle of that. And that's interesting to witness. The other one is, you know, the great compromise for small businesses and small business owners in particular. How do we welcome back employees who maintain, hey, wait a second, I can get much, if not all of the work achieved in a remote situation, the past two years, two and a half years proved it. But I think that's a, a very hot topic, a very interesting one, because most think, well, wait a second. Yeah, you're getting the work done, but are we collaborating? Are we ideating? Meaning, are we creating and welcoming new ideas to creation and development? So- and those are the topics that I'm seeing in the past week. Yeah. You know, I think the banking situation is really catching the attention of small business owners because many of them use bank credit well, I don't know cards. if it's help clarify that because I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And for small businesses, um, and I'm talking zero to about half a million, they tend to use business credit cards to support mm-hmm. their growth. In one way or another, rather than getting a traditional old school business line of credit, it's easier just to go ahead and get a business credit card, rack up some numbers there and leverage that for some maybe sky miles in some program. So they can get a twofer, which is really from a you know marketing perspective, it took a lot of the business that would go to traditional banks 
and it pulled them into the credit card market. Well, the challenge there, those credit cards, their interest rates are ratcheting up higher and higher and higher. And because 90% of them tend to be variable. So as the interest rate grows up, so do the credit card debt numbers. And so folks are now scrambling in small business. Okay, how do I take that revolving debt and switch it over to a consistent debt, maybe, you know, a nice business loan, debt consolidation loan. So you've seen a lot of that. So you've seen a lot of heavy decisions being made ultimately. And yeah, I'm getting I'm getting the sense that like these are somewhat heavy topics. They are. I don't know if they're always the most engaging or interesting topics for no. business owners to, no. to engage business with. Owners, but- they don't they're like, no, don't make me, don't make me eat the overcooked spinach, please, cheese. Don't make well, me Well yeah. For the most part. It, Hey, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you subscribe so that you can stay up to date with all of our amazing episodes that we're going to release. And hopefully this has you thinking about things twice. Come over and have a conversation with us. We'd love to have a conversation with you to take that next step. But not with us, we're certainly going to put you in the right direction. Make sure you go over to IWantToCollaborate.com. Back to the show. And I would say I've been paying attention to very vastly different topics in this past week than you have. So I always think that in our dynamic, that's interesting. So I'll give you like two or so things that are sticking out to me. And yeah, I'm I'm genuinely curious. What are you seeing? Well, less of the nuts and bolts kind of things and more, you know, one of the things that I spend a lot of time doing is I go on social media pretty consistently sharing content, but also I use it pretty strategically for our business. So I pay attention to a lot of the things people are posting. So two things really stood out to me this week. One, this is a completely local thing. I have been obsessed with it. And it is a local air show that absolutely just, like I watched this air show's reputation just absolutely go into the trash can. Oh my gosh. And I'm watching this unfold on social media. So for context, there's this show called Thunder Over New Hampshire. And it's a really cool, they they come every year, every other year. And it's airplanes and different, you know, static displays and all of that. And it has a pretty solid reputation. People come to this, people travel from other states to come to this. And so that... I could get into why that specifically stood out to me, but I basically watched their reputation go down into the trash can. And then this really interesting. So, so Rachel, my sister has brought to our attention that some of the changes that like Delta airlines is making as it relates to their point system and how that's going to impact people starting in 2025. So it's people who leverage like credit card points to gain access to the lounge, to get perks on the airline. And Delta made this huge announcement that basically, I I guess, puts the kibosh on any of those point systems. And I was like, oh, there's such a good business lesson here that I think a lot of us need to be thinking about. So those are two things. That's why I'm like, we've got some lots of different things that are standing yeah. out to us this week. Oh, here's a fun one. Everybody loves to, the really, really wicked smart people, as we like to say in New, New England. If we Venn diagrammed it, it's probably that credit card dynamic because small businesses really do use them heavily because they can, in fact, smartly 
get double, if not triple, return on any debt incurred on those particular cards, right? So I think what's interesting there is we see a real brand hygiene and play, right? Delta, they brought in a guy from outside. So this is interesting too, that they brought an outside operator to do it, which I thought was very interesting, quite honestly. An outside operator to help sort of overhaul their- oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, for those uninitiated, you know, it's one of those things where if you're leveraging credit card programs for Sky Miles, which Delta calls it, or frequent flyer miles, it's really interesting how you can really leverage that to grow your bottom line. I think it's pretty savvy for those that are into it. For those like me, it's a little too much effort and energy to manage all of those moving plates. I like old school, but that's okay. But to the point, they did bring in a person from the outside. So Delta hired a, and I'm going to use the phrase, a hatchet guy, come in and slap chop that frequent flyer program back into action because eventually, effectively what they did is they threw a wide net and they partnered with an elite card, American Express, and they opened the doors to what it is to be an elite business frequent flyer to the masses. And the business elite said, what the hey? Before we get into into that, I mean, it really was cool. I mean, you and I, we, we would travel pretty frequently before yes. 2020, but Absolutely. I would not, I would not call us like we were not on airplanes every single month, but Delta in this instance was our chosen airline. And we got to leverage going into the Delta lounge and hanging out there and, you know, getting some hanging of the perks. This, this swells, right? We want yeah. fancy people. And and I think it's interesting that because your Rachel was saying to us, I have not looked at this. I have no idea what's happening on the Reddit discussion boards, but people are outraged. They're oh. so, so upset. And so I feel like Who's there's there's really two business lessons that are standing out to me that I think we are taking stock of, me and you, Susan. And then I think our listeners should definitely take stock of. And so we talked a little bit about this behind the scenes. So what can I share though? I think the two lessons are, and we could just expand on those. Of course, please. Well, I yeah, think the first- I'm curious to hear yeah. what your positions are. I think the first one is sort of what happens when you do open up the business to the quote masses in this instance, and what happens to the the name recognition, the brand, when you sort of are appealing to as many people as you possibly can, right? So they kind of opened the doors and they said, whoever uses American Express credit cards, whoever is you know collecting points on these can partake in upgrades on the planes, perks in the lounges, et cetera. So there's that. And then I think there's the interesting lesson that you pointed out to me a couple months ago in challenging economies, mm-hmm. companies, businesses, you know, depending on what services and products, you know, that you offer can evaluate, like, where do we want to spend our time? Do we want to sort of double down on the the bigger spenders, the people who are going to spend the most with us and we're going to love on them and take care of them? 
And so there's that interesting, like, where are you spending your time? Which customer group or client group are you really loving on? Because they're the ones, when you look at it, they're the ones bringing in the the revenue for the business. Yeah, they butter your bread. They're the, you know, they pay the bills. Yeah. Really get that clear and who they are. Yeah. So I think for the first one, you sort of stepped into that, that point of, opening the business to the masses. It's a brand hygiene conversation. Like what what stands out to you with that? Well, I think when any small business, large business, or even intermediate, so small, small to medium-sized enterprise, there's your uh, life cycle there. I think at any stage, whenever you open it up to the masses, you have to be committed to a short-term period. It's not one and done and it's never going to close, right? It's a risk. It's a very big risk, quite honestly, because you're going to get flush with money. You're going to have a smaller staff deal with effectively a tsunami of customer service requests because they never ever hire to support it. So, you know, whoever the poor people are that are on staff, God bless them. It really does feel like a tsunami. But what it does effectively, it shortcuts gain of market share, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up the doors and everybody, and I do mean everybody, is going to have the opportunity to see what it's like to live behind the walls, the paywalls in this instance. So you have everybody that could be literally flying in economy. Man, they're they're at back of the bus, right? They're way in the back. They paid a hundred bucks for their flight. And yet, because they have an American Express card, can go into the Delta Sky Lounge with Johnny and Janie who are screaming bloody guts out in the middle of the Sky Lounge. And hello, dear traveler, we all know who you are. And the business people are like, what the hell? I'm paying thousands. They pay a hundred bucks and I'm paying thousands for amenities and I'm not getting them. So there was some serious pushback, quite frankly, from the business elites saying, you got to do something. This is getting a little ridiculous. And then you had also the staff that was sick and tired of dealing with the tsunami And then you realized also, wait a second, we're polluting the brand at this point. And I hate to use that phrase, but that really is the phrase that's used in business and industry. They're polluting the brand and they're making it pedestrian. When they want it to be elite, rarefied and experience, and there was nothing rarefied and the experience was nothing to chat about. So they had to make a decision. They really rode that sucker out to the very last mile. I don't think the two of us have the behind the scenes for the decision making on opening, you know, the doors. Like we're not privy to those discussions or or anything. But what I think about our clients and I think about the small business owners that we work with and it's like, well, why why should we be paying attention to this massive decision? I think so many are seduced by this well, we could get more volume and we can get a lot more money if we do this. And it feels good in the moment because there's that influx of cash. Now, that can look like a lot of different things. I think in the service-based space, it's 
lots of low ticket under $100 kind of items, these kind of membership sites. Do you know what I'm saying, Susan? So I think it can look like a lot of different things or like reward programs for other businesses who may have products. And so it's tempering that decision to make a knee-jerk reaction to say like, we just want to make a lot of money right now and we're feeling nervous and we need a vo- we need volume. And so you you make that decision. Yeah, you open the doors without looking at the bigger picture of like, wait a second, what is our brand? What do we want to be known for? Is that short-term cash influx or volume influx? Are we prepared to handle it, right? Yes. From a staffing standpoint. That's super important point, Jessica, because right now hiring is really challenging. I mean, it's really genuinely a challenge to get people up off the sidelines of the economy right now into small business, small to medium-sized enterprises. So as business leaders and owners, do we really want to wear those folks out right now? I don't think it's in our best interest at the moment, and nor do I think it's fair to give them whiplash. Like, oh yeah, I'll hire you, bring you into this environment, and I'm going to open up the spigot so you you get a tsunami coming in at you. It's grossly unfair to our employees. And, and I, I know you you and I have seen that with some of our clients, especially yes, where that they, is the small business lesson. The volume has been such that it is wearing on the team. No one talks about this. You know, yes. that's so fascinating to me. It's like, yeah, I know. it's all the outward, like the volume and we're so busy and we're getting all these clients and it's like, you and I see the fallout of that where and it's like and it's heavy people. Yeah. It's it's really quite honestly sad because now you start getting let me give you the three horsemen. There's four horsemen to this, but we won't go down that path. I want to stay on these two topics because I think there are a lot of yummy lessons here we can share with each other on this. But when you introduce that tsunami to a small enterprise and you don't have the reach back or the ability to leverage many, um, you end up getting folks calling out. You get folks extending holidays or vacation time. You may even get wellness or PTO requests because they're riddled with anxiety and they're shutting down. Or I would even say it, it manifests as well in pushback of requests that you're asking of the team, delay, like things are taking longer. We harness a, a, a new term of today, quiet quitting. Mm-hmm. And they just won't do it. So they'll hear you and they'll do the head bobbing like the little animal in the back window, like, you know, bobbing. But here's the thing, they won't do it. Yeah. So they'll say yes, but no go. They won't do it. So I think, you know, when we're talking about a tsunami opening the spigots to the greater masses, if you do so in a small business environment, do so knowingly and for a very, very limited time. I think Delta overstayed their welcome on that one. Yeah, I'm just curious, too, from your perspective, and I don't want to go because I want to get to the second lesson, but I'm curious how, what that would look like for a small business to quote, open the spigot or welcome the tsunami. Like I think from my perspective, it's the sort of low ticket kind of offers. It's the memberships. It's, it's, it's those things. But I'm curious, cause you work with a lot of 
you know, nut, the nuts and bolts kind of businesses, trades, restaurants, things like that? Like, what would mm-hmm. that look like for them to open the spigot? A lot of times you'll see that as a one-year blowout sale. Mm-hmm. We're effectively the clothes on their back are on sale. You'll see uh, restaurants put prices back to the year that they opened, which as a business advisor would drive me batshit crazy because it's just say you're going to feed everybody for free for that day. Just say that. Just say that. But it's, you know, kind of gimmicky. They'll do that. Other ways that I see it too is for my e-com folks, what they'll do is they'll lower the paywalls. So normally you see a good, better, best in an e-com environment. And depending on the price point that you buy in, what was grayed out is not grayed out any longer. You get a sneak peek to see, ooh, I am actually missing something behind that wall. Maybe I'll rethink my decisioning on not to go up for it or down for it. So that's the, the quick and ready I can think of. I want to also put this in here that at the risk of that sounding potentially elitist, like only people who can afford this can see behind the paywall. I think the bigger point that we're talking about here is emotional decision-making. It is the reactionary, like we need to be making money. So we need volume. So we're going to do these things without thinking about the bigger picture. Really good point. Well, and and I think even more importantly, it's being clear on, who generally, what is your brand all about? Who is it that you're you're generally trying to target? Because when you make those emotional decisions, you're muddying the waters, you're creating confusion, and you're potentially overwhelming your staff. So it depends. I, I think there's a bigger lesson here for the business owner, which is to really get clear on like, who are you trying to serve? Don't make emotional decisions based on, oh, we could make, you know, a cash influx here by doing this. Without looking at those other term. pieces. So it's the think, short-term decision-making. Yeah, I think you're, you're making a terrific point for folks. Um, one thing that I really want to emphasize, if you will, what you used in terms of brand hygiene and a phrase I always use with folks is, do you ever remember Louis Vuitton going on mm-hmm. sale? When's no. the last time you saw a Bentley on Labor Day sales? Yeah, that's right. Never. Now, I'm not suggesting that everybody be a Bentley, everybody be a Louis Vuitton, but I do suggest strongly know who you serve, know how best you serve them, and honor that. It's a social contract you're making with that community. So, yeah, I think brand hygiene is really important around that. Just because you want to see more traffic Lowering your prices is not going to guarantee that. Well, and as we've acknowledged, more traffic is not always a good thing, you know, and that's one of the lessons I know that you want you and I unpack with our clients is more of the the frequency model in a business versus relying so heavily on volume because we have seen so many people burn themselves out, burn their team out, and then burn it's bridges hard, with man. a lot of, you know, their their clients and customers. The second one was it was a lesson you taught me, which is in difficult economies, you know, you really got to get clear who are you serving? And in this case, Delta, their client customer base tends to be more of the professionals, people yes. who are willing to, they want more of a, a luxurious experience flying, you know? So in that instance, the the business lesson was some will 
double down on the higher paying client base as opposed to going for the like we need the volume. So there's fewer clients who pay a little bit more and less who pay if you were well, to pay less, I guess, right? I, yeah, you nailed it. Because look, you know, I'm old enough to remember back in the days, Delta was always a premium brand. Mm-hmm. Always. A hundred percent. Always. And, and those of you that travel on Southwest, JetBlue, and what are the others right now? Spirit, my goodness. How does so, I... God this is you. not me. I hope I do not sound like a snob in this instance, but my goodness, I don't know how... Like Southwest gives me anxiety. Yes. And <laughs> so, I know. I And you know what? I, I'm going to just say I'm long enough a traveler and I'm old enough where I put my time in. I'm at the stage of my life where I don't want to find what grouping I should line up in and be grateful for a damn bag of peanuts. And if you know what those two references are, you get bonus points. I just like knowing what seat I have. If I don't know where I'm sitting, I'm just like sweating before I even get on the plane. But that's, this is what I'm speaking to. Like Delta watered down their brand. And I don't mind telling you, the last time we were in a Sky Lounge, and yes, I'm absolutely bougie, people. I'm at the time in my life where I don't want to. I will pay a premium price for a premium experience. And I was not getting that as a supporter of Delta. Last time I was in a Delta Sky Lounge in the mouse's area. So, you know, where that big mouse lives. So you already know what state that you should. I had to think I, about that reference for a second. I was like, what are you talking about? The <laughs> I got it. I'm tracking yeah. So when we were there, when I was there in particular, I had to go down there for some business and personal reasons. And when I was down there, I wanted respite. I wanted to be in a quiet zone. Now, it's not library-like, but it is quieter than being out in the waiting area to, to board the plane before you get on the, on the plane. And to my point, it was rowdier. It was ridiculous. They had to have staff from the lounge downstairs before you jump onto the elevator and say, sorry, we're full. We have to wait for people to leave. And that's because Johnny, Janie, Jill, and Janet are all up there with mom and dad screaming their lungs out, wiping out everything because, of course, they're wiped out after running after their kids for five to seven days and paying at least $1,500 a day at the mouse's place, they're spent. So mom and dad aren't watching the kids as they probably normally would. And the point I'm ultimately making is, if it sounds elitist, so may it be. But, you know, honestly, I I paid a premium for a ticket and I wanted a quiet area and that wasn't it. It got me looking at other airlines. And I think that that's the lesson is who is your client or customer? Yeah. And are you giving them the experience that they asked for, paid for, you know, and are you are you being really thoughtful about that? And so that that's why I think these two lessons are connected. It's the the quick expansion, the quick influx, the quick tsunami, because you just want to make money without really being thoughtful of like, wait a second. This is what our brand stands for. This is who we serve. This is how we show up for them. And we felt we've really fallen short of that the last couple of years. So I think when I see, I understand the outrage because I don't know if I travel enough 
to really qualify for all those Delta perks anymore. You probably do. I don't, I, I don't do. really travel that much. Um, I do. And I, but, can, I can tell you, yes, there is outrage. And you, and you even get to know who the people are because more or less you've seen them over and over, right? But if I may interrupt you for this one point, how does this impact the small, small businesses? Mm-hmm. Go create something new. Get creative. Don't be lazy and water down a brand that you put your heart and soul into. So how would creating something new help them with that? If you want that influx of dollars, if you want new fill in the blank, go create something new. Go engineer, go do a joint venture, go do something, but honor what you've already created. Is it sacred? You can change it, morph it, model it, or, you know, modify it. Of course you can. But I'm saying do so at your own risk. You've invested in a terrific opportunity or offering for your clients in community and market share. Honor that. Leave it alone. Go create something new if you want to enjoy new money. Do you see where I'm going on that? I do. I just, I think in the, in connection with what we were saying, I, I think it's because of the the clients and entrepreneurs that I spend a lot of time with in our business. And yeah. I sense a lot of them are making that emotional, like, oh, we need more money. Like, let's just go do Precisely. this. So that's why make something new with a huge, huge asterisk next to it, you know, think through it. Are you doing this just because you're feeling like you need to make money? Are you feeling like you're just doing this from a purely emotional standpoint because the money will always feel really good in the moment, but what about on the other side? You know, and I think well, that goes back to the original lesson, don't make any decision in fear. Yeah. Right? The moment you make a decision from fear, you're you're screwed. Because it's flawed. There are going to be holes like Swiss cheese all over it. So, you know, really go through, be disciplined, go old school, do a SWAT, a strength, weakness, opportunity, threat, you know, really get an outside support, you know, because this protects you from the personal bias, right? Be disciplined. Don't be reactionary. Respond to what you see, not react. Mm-hmm. And that's all good discipline. That's good hygiene, as they would say also, you know. When I think I think in relation to the 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 discipline and practicality that we're we're bringing this, we're trying to take this big lesson of like Delta and like what this gigantic company can teach small businesses. I think the other thing too is right now evaluating and looking at your most profitable services. We yes. I, I love how you and I do I, this very frequently. We're like, okay. So are, what are we interested in really promoting right now when we email our list or we're talking to people, you know, in networking situations, like what are we looking for? What kind of entrepreneur are we looking for? What service do we want to promote? And I love how the two of us will look at of all the different programs and services we offer, what's the most profitable, what tends to bring in the most money, which clients stick around the longest right? That's the frequency focus that we have. Which I adore. And How some of the- say thank you? Please give me a chance to say thank you. I always look. I will go through three walls trying to find the opportunity to say thank you. Well, and I think for people listening, it's thinking through, are there services and products that you're offering that, great, it brings some people in the door, but it's 
taxing on you. It's taxing on your team. And at the end of the day, it's not actually profitable or really doing anything for the business's bottom line and the business's overall brand and who you're, you know, do you know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't get distracted. And it's very easy when you're in an emotional state um, to become distracted, quite honestly. You know, um, when you are reacting you can be distracted when you're responding. You're a little bit more sober, a little more focused, a little more centered. And I'm not talking, you know, ideal perfections here. I'm talking just in general. The decisions tend to be a bit more sound, less whiplashy. And I promise you, your team and staff will genuinely appreciate you for that. That thing alone, because you have to remember, when they leave, they're going into the chaos out there as well. So if they can come into work to a place that's kind of calm, predictable at the best, it goes a long way for employee sustainability. You know, they're not going to be looking for another gig when you do that. Well, I think we have, my goodness, we have, we've touched on so many, like we started out talking about gas prices and air shows. Then we were like, Delta is it. We're going to talk about Delta. So I think we've. Well, we usually do, isn't it? I mean, these conversations are what we have at least once a day. At least. I know. I love, I love that. I'm like, what's standing out? Like, what, what, what are you paying attention to right now? So I think with that said, we have unpacked that topic There's nothing really else that we can unpack with that, I think. (laughs) I certainly got a lot from that, a good reminder. So I think to wrap up, Susan, is there anything else that you wanted to offer or share? One thing, um, what I would encourage everybody, we didn't even really deep dive on the Delta experience. What I would love to encourage folks, if you wanted to learn more about it, there are the pointguys.com, just Google it. And I promise you, you're going to see at least 10 articles on how they've revamped it. And if you happen to be a Delta frequent flyer, you should have received an email from them advising you of how the program has moved the chairs around, if you will. So, you know, be curious. Go find out more. And with that, thanks so much for listening in and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, remember to hit subscribe and to stay updated, head over to IWantToCollaborate.com. I'm Jessica. And I'm Susan. See you next time.